Twas the night before free agency, and everyone is super excited. For today's episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast, I'm going to give you my full free agency primer heading into free agent frenzy on Saturday. That's coming up right after this. Your Locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LMS for Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. The championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guarantee fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So let's jump right into our show for the day. We'll start with the Penguins just releasing who they give qualifying offers to and who they did not give qualifying offers to. And there's going to be a player in there that they didn't give a qualifying offer to that's definitely going to catch your eye. So per the Penguins, they gave qualifying offers to Jonathan Gruden, who plays down in Wilkes-Barre. Philip Hollander, who is overseas right now, he left the Penguins earlier this year to sign in Sweden, so that doesn't really make a difference. Drew O'Connor, who is a restricted free agent, I assume that's going to be an easy contract negotiation. Defenseman Ty Smith and goaltender Philip Lindbergh. They also did not qualify a few other players from Wilkes-Barre, but the one main one in there that they did not give a qualifying offer to is Ryan Paling. So he will now become an unrestricted free agent and he will be allowed to sign with any team as soon as Saturday when the free agent market opens. I put a tweet out before the Penguins released this list, and I was kind of wondering to myself, some people thought this was going to be a slam dunk, but I was like, "Mm, I don't know about that because of Paling's injury history. Remember, I had heard this past season that he was battling a pretty severe back injury, was in and out of the lineup a lot. It seems like based off this, the Penguins may think that he will never get back to being 100%, so they're going to let him negotiate with other teams. He, The Penguins can still sign him to a contract. It doesn't fully close the door on him coming back, but they are allowing other teams to negotiate with him heading into Saturday, July 1. But if he does leave, that's another hole, especially at four-point center spot. Luckily for the Penguins, there's a lot of options out there for that spot, and I'll get into that a little bit later on in today's episode. But that's the big one. So Ryan Paling not qualified. He'll be a UFA. Drew O'Connor is. I do expect O'Connor to be back with the Penguins. They have the exclusive negotiating rights with him. And no, no one is going to offer sheet him. I don't even think you're going to see any offer sheets again during the free agency window because a lot of GMs are scared to do it and piss off one another. That's just how it is, I think, in the NHL. But that's the big news when it comes to qualifying offers, everything else with that is fine. Also, the buyout window has officially closed. It is past five o'clock and Kyle Dubas stuck to his word. Mikhail Granlin not bought out during the buyout window. And he even said there's more creative ways to shed salary. He even said he didn't like it. Buyouts, that is, when he was in Toronto, he only really had to do it once. And I believe that was for some very odd situation. And he stuck to his guns here. So, 
there's only two options when it comes to Granlin. He's either going to be on the team this fall or he's going to get dumped to another team. You can look for a sucker that will take on his contract or at least some of it. Maybe the Penguins retain for a couple of years, but he is not going to be bought out this year. It made sense to do it because you would have gotten an extra $4 million in cap space for this season. You would have had an extra $3 million in cap space for next season when the cap is definitely going to go up. Would not, would not have had as much for the final two seasons of the buyout, but it still would have made sense but I understand why Kyle did, and I understand why a lot of GMs don't like using buyouts. We'll get to a couple of other buyouts later on in the episode, but that is the latest news around the Penguins for free agency. I'll go into the unrestricted free agents right now before we wrap up and head into my full free agency primer. Players who I think will come back versus players who I think will not come back, and we'll start with some of the obvious ones. Josh Archibald, my friends, no, I think he was good defensively for the team, but I don't think the Penguins have any interest in bringing him back. There's really not been any rumors surrounding him. He's going to go on, I think, and sign another contract with the team. Poor Nick Menino comes over, doesn't even play in five games, gets hurt out for the rest of the season. I feel really bad for him. I don't think he's going to be coming back. Dayton Heinen, 27 years old, very streaky score. I don't think Kyle is going to bring him back. Happy trails to him. Jason Zucker, I know the Penguins, I think they're still engaged with his agency, but right now there's been no news regarding that. The Penguins can continue to say that, oh yeah, we're engaged. We're not closing the door on him or anything, but it's going to be really hard to bring him back because of the term he's going to want. Four or five years, five million per, he's going to get that easily on the free agent market. This class is very weak, and I mean very weak. So he's going to get quite a big contract elsewhere. Right now, I just don't see him returning to the Penguins. Dmitry Kulikov, happy trails. That's a Ron Hextall acquisition. I don't think Kyle has any interest in signing him back. And Brian Dumoulin, there's really been no rumors surrounding that. And I think he's gone. I think he's going to go to a team on a short-term deal, maybe a little bit less money than what he was making with the Penguins. And when he does get likely signed by another team. I hope every Penguins fan gives him a standing ovation when he comes back to PBG Paints Arena whenever it is this upcoming season. Because from 2015-16 to about, I would say, 2019-20, maybe 2020-2021, he was one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL. He formed a beautiful shutdown pairing with Chris Letang and a prime Dumoulin. God, he was so fun to watch. The way he would break up defensive zone passes with ease. The way he would break out of the defensive zone with a puck on his stick with ease. Such a treat to watch. Formed a beautiful pairing with Latang, And I know that Penguins fans out there that listen to this or just they listen to other shows, just every Penguin fan out there is going to miss him, especially with how he played during the back-to-back Stanley Cup runs. They do not win those cups Without him, I know it's been bad the last couple of years. He's definitely lost a step or two, but I think everyone should look back on his Penguins tenure with happiness because there was a long time where he was one of the more underappreciated defensemen in the league. Remember when Paul Martin was with the Penguins and everyone was obsessing over him? Well, Dumoulin was him on steroids, I think. He was a perfect presence for Latang 
on the top pairing. And then finally, Tristan Jari. I did see Rob Rossi's report earlier today that the Penguins and Jari have a mutual interest in getting a new contract done. But term seems to be the big issue. I think he can definitely get a lot more term on the open market, four or five, maybe six years. I think for the Penguins, you only can do two years tops with his injury concerns, with his inconsistent play at times. Two years is the max that I would do. And if the Penguins do decide to bring him back, say a contract gets announced after I'm done recording here, maybe before noon Eastern tomorrow, July 1st, you you have to bring in a new backup for him that can potentially challenge him or also give you better numbers than Casey DeSmith can. You cannot run the same tandem back for another season. It's failed you every single time. This is going back even to the Jim Rutherford era. You bring back Jari, you have to get a new backup in there or just a 1B who can start you 35, 40 games. That's how I see it. But we'll have to see. I'm still leaning towards Jari not coming back to the Penguins, but you never know. Maybe a deal gets done before the market opens up and he has access to talk to other teams. Maybe it doesn't. He goes to another team. But either way, the Penguins have to figure out the goalie situation sooner rather than later. I, I want that to be the thing that Kyle really nails down either on Saturday or early next week. That's, I think, the biggest question with the team right now. So that's the latest news regarding the Penguins. Coming up after this break, we're going to get into my free agency primer, going into a lot of options for the Penguins, some new options, especially that just became available today that are going to hit the market on Saturday. There is a lot of good talent that's going to be available. I know this class is weak, but it got a little bit better on Friday with some of the talent that was made available either via buyouts or via not getting qualifying offers. But before we get to that, we do have to discuss AG1. I gave it a try because I was feeling really tired in the morning and I needed a lot more energy. And I usually do drink it in the morning. I know some other people drink it in the afternoon or the evening, but for me, I like drinking it in the morning because it starts my day right and I have a burst of energy throughout the day. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies. And a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health. A lot of them also drink AG1 and it's why I'm a huge fan. With every daily serving, I'm setting myself up for success with 75 high quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients and support energy, focus, strength, and clarity. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash network. That's drinkag1.com slash network. Check it out. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. So let's get to my full free agency primer for July 1, which is Saturday. It starts at noon. So right now, about 18 hours away from the market opening up to all teams to start assigning whoever the heck they want. And starting this off is a player who I did not think was going to be available for free agency. And that is Matt Duchesne was bought out today by the National Predators, had three years left on his contract for $8 million per. And oh yeah, that is going to be 
an insane buyout. They're going to have to pay him at some point over $6.5 million to not even be on the team that's coming in a few years before they're going to have to pay him over $5.5 million to not be on the team. It gets a little bit better for the final three years. I think it's 1.5, a little over $1.5 million for the final three. But before that, he's going to get a big chunk of change to not play there. And I understand he's a little bit older, 32, but this guy can still play. Remember Duchesne watch? Back in the Jim Rutherford era when he was a member of the Colorado Avalanche and all Penguins fans out there were hoping that they could get him. Well, Penguins will may have their shot at getting him on Saturday night. He's going to have a lot of interest and rightfully so. He can still bring it even though he's a little bit older. 22 goals, 56 points in 71 games this past season for the National Predators. Ranked in the 85th percentile for 5v5 even strength offense. Only 15% of players were better at generating offense at even strength than Duchesne. Can also work on the power play for the Penguins, ranked in the 75th percentile for that. That's com- that, cur- that comes courtesy of Jay Fresh Hockey's charts. And the Penguins here, they would probably put them on their second power play unit. That's just how deep their power play is here. But heck, if their injuries occur, you can put them on the second, the first power play unit because of how great of an offensive mind he is. Finishing is also his bread and butter. 86 percentile in terms of finishing. And his whole, all of his numbers are in the high blues. 75th percentile for goals per 60 minutes. 75th percentile for primary assists per 60 minutes. He shot 13% this past season. Again, I know he's a bit older, but he would make all the sense in the world for this team. Maybe sign him to a two, three-year deal. Decent. I don't think he's not going to get seven, eight million cap-wise, but maybe if you can get him for four, five million per, I would very much look into it. He's going to have a lot of interest, but he he would make so much sense for the Penguins. Can play center, can play wing. I would be all over that if I were Kyle Dubas. Another player who I have gotten questions about from fans that listen or watch this show is Blake Wheeler. So Blake Wheeler was bought out by the Winnipeg Jets on Friday. The Jets were trying to trade him during these past couple of weeks, but they found no takers. So he's going to be going onto the free agent market. There have been reports that he prefers the Eastern Conference. There's also been reports that the Dallas Stars may take a look. And I've been asked by a lot of people, Hunter, what do you think about the Penguins for him? And honestly, my friends, I think Blake Wheeler's cooked. I don't think he has anything left in the tank. He's still producing a little bit, but his skating is not there anymore. He can barely even turn. When I when I turn on his film, I see a player where the wheels have fallen off. He can't keep up in today's age. He's 37. It's only going to get worse. Even on a cheap contract, I would not do it. That's just my opinion, though. And also, I know a lot of people out there want to get younger. This would not be getting younger. That's for sure. But I'm just not a big Blake Wheeler fan. You also have the situation where he was stripped of the C in Winnipeg because he was a locker room cancer. I don't think that will be that big of a deal here in Pittsburgh because the Penguins leadership group surrounding Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Crystal Tang is very strong. But that's still something to monitor. Had the sea stripped. Wasn't good in the locker room there. But overall, I would pass. I think there are better options available to the Penguins outside of Blake Wheeler. So he can go to another team. If I'm the Penguins, I would not do it. I think he's cooked. 
at this point. He's not a 20-goal scorer anymore. This was his third straight season of scoring less than 20 goals. Remember with Carter, the production was still there and the wheels were still there when he first came over from Los Angeles. But after a year and change, it all went downhill. And that's what you're starting to see right now with Blake Wheeler. Similar age and the wheels have already fallen off. And I think the production is only going to get worse for him going forward. Another option who I could see the Penguins going after, high risk, high reward. What about Max Pacioretty? I know that may sound weird to some of you, but Max Pacioretty, I like him as a buy low candidate. I don't think he's going to be looking for a lot of term and a lot of money. I think he's going to be looking for maybe a one-year prove-it deal. And speaking of that, I came across a tweet from Greg Wyszynski earlier today that was pretty interesting. Honestly, he said he spoke to an NHL agent and this agent thinks we're going to see a lot of one-year deals for this free agency class. He goes, you're going to have players saying, crap, I can't get that three or four-year deal I want. So I've got to sign a one-year deal and go back up to bat next year where there's a more money to spend. Because remember, the salary cap should be going up next season by about three to four million. This should be the last year of the flat cap era. But that's where someone like a Max Pacioretty comes into play. And I know the injury concerns with the ruptured Achilles tendon only played in five games this season, but scored three goals. Before that, though, he was one of the more underrated goal scorers in the league. Just before this season, played in 39 games with the Knights, 19 goals in those 39 games. I would definitely buy low on that, have it be a high risk, high reward. You can play him on your in your top six. You can play him on the third line. He'll come cheap. Injury concern is valid, but I would be definitely fascinated by Max Pacioretty. I haven't seen him talked about enough in Penguin circles, but I think that's a total Kyle Dubas move. Someone who can score your goals, can give you a lot of assists, can play in your second power play unit, good in all situations. I would definitely be all over that one if I was Dubas. One more option here before we get to some more coming up in the final segment I discussed him a couple of weeks ago, Pierre Engvall, 17 goals this past season, very strong underlying numbers with both the Maple Leafs and the Islanders was above water in shot attempts, high danger scoring chances for, 5v5 scoring chances for, expected goals. He was outstanding with both teams and he was there when Dubas was in Toronto. I know Dubas just traded him, so that's interesting, but I could see Dubas having interest in him again if the Islanders really don't want to re-sign him. Because I think the Islanders are still going to be there for him when July 1 rolls around. But I would love Engvall in the bottom six. Can score for you. Can play on the penalty kill. You can also play on your second power play if you need to. Perfect third-line winger that this team has been desperately lacking over the past year and change. I would be all for him. So that wraps up this second segment, getting into some Interesting options for free agency on Saturday. Coming up in the final segment, we're getting into some more buy-low options that the Penguins could be all over considering the cap space that they do have. So that's coming up right after this break. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LOSO Penguins, and of course, Thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. So a few other players here that I had written down for my notes 
that do make sense for Penguins free agency. Pew Suter, he is going to be your free agent. I see him as a great option for the fourth line center spot if the Penguins fully do walk away from Ryan Paling. He's obviously he's going to be a UFA come July 1, but they'll still have an option to resign him if they want to. But I think Pew Suter is a better player than Paling. Had 14 goals and 24 points this past season with the Detroit Red Wings. Before that, had 15 goals and 36 points during the 2021-2022 season. He can drive play well. He ranked in the 70th percentile for 5v5 offense. And the 50, 50, actually not, pardon me. I read that wrong from my notes. 70th percentile for shooting percentage. 51st percentile for 5v5 offense per Andy and Rono's charts. Very good numbers there. Defensive impact wise, he ranks in the 83rd percentile. And he is one heck of a penalty killer. Only 2% of players in the NHL rank above him and penalty killing impact. So he is the jack of all trades as a fourth line center. When I was watching the film on him before I started recording, numerous times I would see him get behind whoever is quarterbacking the power play, whoever the Red Wings are playing, and he is off to the races. Boom, pucks in the back of the net. He's very quick, has a nice release, good playmaking ability. He can definitely score you 12, 15 goals, maybe even more than that as your fourth line center. I would love the Penguins to be all over him on a cheap deal to be the 4C. Also another player who actually got bought out today, Kyler Yamamoto. He's a young player, scored 10 goals, 25 points in 58 games this past season, 20 goals, 41 points in the season before this one. Super young, as I said, only 24 years old. The Penguins badly need some youth in the lineup, and Kyle Dubas talked about that during multiple press conferences when he was, A, introduced as president of hockey operations, and B, during his pre-draft press conference, made $3.1 million on his last deal. Could maybe be some, looking for something similar with maybe a shorter term. Ranked in the 54th percentile for 5e5 offense. Another very good penalty killer. 94th percentile for penalty killing. So he can play on the wing for your bottom six. Good all-around player. Very young. I will be definitely intrigued about him as well. Another player who I did see the Minnesota Wild do not give a qualifying offer to today is Sam Steele. Only made $825,000 this past season. Scored 10 goals and 28 points. Ranked in the 69th percentile for 5v5 offense and the 87th percentile for full offensive impacts per Andy and Rono's charts. If you're not subscribed to them, they're pretty similar to Jay Fresh's charts. All that data comes from Natural Statric, Corey Schnazder, and all those other websites. He is very good. Also young at 24. I think you can have him for a cheap one to two year deal, maybe you know 1.5 million per, 2 million per, or something like that. Another very good buy low candidate can score you double digit goals, can play on the penalty kill, good at 5v5 for checking. I like him as an option as well. I would keep my eye on him on Saturday as well. Then a couple more to wrap up the show. The Seattle Kraken really surprising me, honestly, by not giving qualifying offers to both Daniel Sprong and Morgan Geeky. Geeky, I'll start with for another fourth line center candidate. I would be also interested in his services. Only made $1.4 million this past season for the Kraken. Nine goals, 28 points. Good target for the fourth line center spot. Can even step up to the third line center spot if you need him to with injuries. Another very young player, only 24. Very strong offensive underlyings as well. So I really 
like that one. And just for argument's sake, I'll put the offensive underlings for you here. 75th percentile for offensive impact at five on five. 89th percentile for point production among fourth line centers. Passing 80th percentile shooting is above water in there as well. He's also really good with zone entry passes and starting the attack going in the offensive zone. I think you can get him decently for cheap too. So another good fourth line center option. And finally, Daniel Sprong did all of this in fourth line minutes this past season. 21 goals, 46 points in 65 games, ranked in the 99th percentile for offense among his peers. He's also elite in transition, great with even the strike defense, and he's also really good at not allowing zone entries defensively. Didn't even make 900K this past season. Yeah, he's going to get a decent raise. It'll be interesting to see if Mike Sullivan and him would get along just because towards the end of his tenure in Pittsburgh, I don't know if him and Strong ever saw eye-to-eye fully. But that's a good player, and I would be curious about a reunion there as well. I'd also throw Max Comtois in there. I know a lot of Penguins fans like him. Double-digit goal scorer. Can also play on your penalty kill. Can play in any situation, really. There are no shortage of good buy-low candidates for this free agency class. I know it's a weak class in general, but the Penguins can get some serious value out of the players that I just discussed for this episode. Goalie, I've discussed those in length. You know, it's Corposalo, Freddie Anderson, Aiden Hill was just signed, so he's off the market. Those are two right there. Trade-wise, you got Demelka, Connor Hellebuck, Linus Allmark, all those. We have to see what's going to happen with that. Top four defensemen, I think they're going to fill that via trade. You can go through free agency, maybe sign a Shane Gossespierre, maybe sign a Ryan Graves. Don't think they're going to have the term or the money to give to Dmitry Orlov. I didn't mention Tyler Bertuzzi for a impact forward before because I think he's going to get too much term and too much money that the Penguins don't want to do. But yeah, I mean, that's really all I have for you in terms of my free agency primer for players that I think the Penguins could look at on Saturday. It's This is going to be fun. I love this day. I have it circled on my calendar every single year. The overpayments are going to be hilarious, in some cases at least. But I do think the Penguins, with at least some of these guys, they won't have to overpay for some of them. And there's going to be maybe some high-risk, high-reward players and maybe some low-risk, high-reward. And maybe, especially with that comment about one-year deals from that agent, that benefits Kyle Dubas and the Penguins a lot. So if you don't got anything to do tomorrow, just stick by social media, see what the team does. I think Kyle Dubas is going to be definitely active. You may see some trades as well. July 1 is also a very popular day for trades around the NHL, not just free agent signing. So we'll see if he makes a trade there. Maybe it's dumping Jeff Petrie off to a team or maybe acquiring a top four defenseman to play with Crystal Tang. We'll have to see. But I'll have another bonus episode for you all on Saturday, giving you my full breakdowns and analysis of all the players that the Penguins signed slash traded for. So that's coming for you all on Saturday. I really appreciate all of you listening slash watching this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. The month of June was incredible. Audio listens up 33%. In the last 24 to 36 hours, the YouTube channel has gone up 50 subscribers or closing in on 1,400 subscribers. I cannot thank you all enough for tuning into this show. So again, thank you all so much for listening slash watching. I really appreciate it. And I'll be back with another episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast on Saturday.